like a knife They take our heroes, give us weaponized clones The revolution won't be televised I can't be replicated Copy the attitude and it changed But no one will ever do me the same See the difference in their face now Casualties of money and the fame Posing for the cameras with their fake smiles A clone of someone who they used to be I can't be replicated Copy the attitude and the chains But no one will ever do me the same I can't be replicated Try to control me then guess again Rebellion lives in my DNA everyone to the Tory Says Show. Today is the 20th of October 2021. So um, I was about a minute late and that is because there were a little bit of funny business on Twitch and it wasn't, they're having actual system issues. <laughs> so funny, only a few accounts are actually um, having the issue. Probably the same accounts that were leaked, whatever. So today has been an insanely arcane day for me. I've been extremely busy and um, I was actually surprised that I was able to surprise Phoebe, uh, my youngest, who's turning 16 on Friday, with a new puppy. Uh, she had lost her puppy in 2019. I lost my big man um, just a few months ago. So. Yeah, so we got a puppy, and it's an Akita female, and she's really cute, and she named her Nyx, and um, that's just incredible. That was like my highlight of the day, aside from doing things. Everyone is doing things. Today is the 20th, one of the most um, spectacular moons out there today, too. It's so incredible. Uh, so incredible. It's like whoa, what's going on here? Um, it's, there is so much going on in the background. It's ridiculous. Everything is crumbling. Everything that they have built, the arrogance that they have is just insane. I think the best way to categorize this insanity is by listening carefully to what this uh, selected president had to say. Apparently, 12 years of education is not enough for children. Apparently, there's a lot of changes that need to be done. And he owns your kids. And 12 years is not enough. So what do they do? Take them out of the womb? And then what are, what are you, the hotel? How are they going to plan this? Maybe he can tell us. Because that's what's exciting that they're changing things that have been in place for such a long time and you're not understanding through what access port they're coming in. I mean, through what feed 
are they getting these new ideas? Take a listen. Standard a century ago, it gave us the best educated, best prepared workforce in the world. And you saw what happened. Think of what would happen after World War One and how America moved. Because we were the best educated overall country in the world. And we led in the 20th century. But as I said earlier, we know that 12 years is not enough any longer to compete in the 21st century. Study after study shows that earlier our children began to learn, the better for themselves, their families, and for the nation. You know, you all know the statistics, and some of your teachers and your husband used to talk to me about this, and it was very basic, that if you come from a home where the mom or dad have books on the shelf and on the coffee table and read, and you come from a home where mom or dad can't read or has a sixth grade education or has a little difficulty, the child coming from a middle class home is going to have heard a million more words spoken, not different words, spoken, spoken, than the child coming from a middle class home. And that's because, look, what do you all do? You all know with your children and grandchildren. You start talking to them when they're in the cradle. You engage them. They're the people who sit at the dinner table and still talk. They're engaged. So many homes. Mothers or fathers don't have the capacity or inclination to do that. But right now, what are we doing? We're lagging behind. Today, only about half of the three and four-year-olds in America are enrolled in early education at all. Germany, France, the UK, Latvia. Their number is over 90% of the children. You just watched Newsmax TV, America's fastest growing show. Now you need to provide them to your child from the womb, right? Because <laughs> it's not early enough. We got to start earlier. We got to start educating them at three. They gain the trust of the teacher who needs the parent. We need the government. It's kind of like in that movie 1984 with the, where the kids were worse than the parents. The parents were just whipped as being retarded, right? The parents were just dumb. But now we need that. Nothing, nothing about the whole CRT thing though, right? The, the, how you have to be ashamed of whatever skin color you are. If you're black, you're a victim and you start with less chips than everyone else. If you're white, you have more chips. So you should bow down, wear chains and feel sorry for yourself. And if you're Asian, you need to stop getting into college because you're filling up all those jobs. I mean, I'm so over this. So over it, aren't you? I mean, like they said, huh? Like it was said yesterday, and I'm going to play this video for you. Um, I had a conversation with some people yesterday, and I played it. I want you guys to listen to this because it was fantastic. Because I found why they were getting all their panties in a twist. Tori was in a meeting, Steve Bannon one, and they were all bitching on Media Matters. Now I know why, and that's because. <laughs> It was something else that they were more worried about. It was the messages that were going out and the fact that Tori was there was a problem because of what Tori's doing. So now I understand the malice and the insanity of, you know, why they were acting like this. Oh, are you kidding? Like this has disappeared now? It has literally disappeared. Are you kidding me? I'm going to find it though. Give me a second. Oh, this is what happens when I get thrown off. Um, 
where is it? Um, um, is this it? Um, huh. I think, well, this is one, but let me just check if it's it. Give we play Joe's. No, that's not it. Okay, it's okay. That's fine. I will find it and I will play it. Gosh darn it. I can't believe I can't find it. In the meantime, speaking of arrogance, while I find that CRT video with the arrogance that now they own our kids, I think it's important that we see the arrogance that they have in general. And, you know, Jim Jordan said it best infrastructure. They say that they want infrastructure. What have we said about infrastructure before? It's all about the plan, right? They need that infrastructure to make it work. But what is the infrastructure? Listen carefully and then let's discuss. There's a self-imposed October 30th deadline to pass the $1.2 trillion so-called infrastructure bill approaches. It looks like Democrats may have forced West Virginia Democrat Senator Joe Manchin to fold. The chair of the Progressive Caucus, Congresswoman Jayapal, met with Manchin and Bernie Sanders to, quote, settle their differences. And if you thought Manchin was going to be the last man standing, the best bet in stopping a complete socialist overhaul, well, apparently that may not be the case. Here's Representative Jayapal with Rachel Maddow. We're going to get them both done. We are going to get them done. It's a messy process. At the end of the day, we have to deliver both these bills, the infrastructure bill and the Build Back Better Act to the president's desk. And I am really proud of the Progressive Caucus for what we did to actually get the Build Back Better Act back onto the table. Lord knows what the backroom deals they're doing there to get that happening. So if you ever wondered, who's actually driving Biden's legislation. It's clearly, you just watched her. It's the hardline leftists in Congress like Jayapal. And as they continue to spend money like it's going out of fashion, inflation continues to rock the nation. Even Procter & Gamble said today, quote, that they're going to raise prices of popular goods, citing increasing transportation and material costs. Folks, this is the Biden agenda destroying the middle class. So someone who's battling the left's insane social spending agenda on Capitol Hill, is our good friend, Republican Congressman from Ohio and ranking member of the Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan is here. Congressman, great to have you back on. Good to be with you, Grant. So, um, Bernie Sanders, uh, meeting with Manchin, Jayapal, you think anything really comes of this? Is he folding? I don't know, too early to tell. All I know is if this bill passes, it will make an already terrible situation that much worse. Uh, I mean, I was in California actually last weekend and I saw the ships lined up in, in there on the ocean, trying to get into the, the harbor there at Long Beach. You saw them lined up. So um, I always say when you pay people not to work, you shouldn't be surprised when you don't have workers. And that's the situation we're in. This bill is going to exacerbate that problem, make it even worse. That's what that's what troubles me the most. So let's hope he stands firm. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, you bring up the issue with the ports earlier. Uh, we talked about China is in much of control of the port of Los Angeles. I didn't know this until I went on the Los Angeles port website and saw that they control one of the major, major terminals there. How does this we get to a point where China is in control? Can Congress step in? Can contracts be canceled there? This is a national security issue in my mind. 
Well, remember, the first president to actually push back on China was President Trump. We know this president isn't. In fact, there's a real question as to what, if, if this, this administration is compromised when you think about the involvement of the Biden family with China, specifically Hunter Biden. So we know President Trump was pushing back and was having a positive impact. We had the best economy in 50 years. We had the real wages up. We had lowest unemployment uh, for across our economy, for all demographics in our population. So um, that's the problem here. And I guess maybe the thing that troubles me the most, Grant, is the arrogance we now see from the Democrats. I mean, remember, Ron Klain just said, uh, I guess, what, last week he said, oh, uh, inflation is a high class problem. Jen Psaki said today, I believe, she said, oh, Americans may have to wait uh, to get their treadmill at Christmas. And the Washington Post said Americans just need to lower expectations. I mean, the arrogance coupled with the bad policy, and now we might get a $5 trillion spending package. That is a complete recipe for disaster, um, but that's where we're headed under this administration because, frankly, yeah. they haven't done one thing right. You know, you, you bring up Jen Psaki. The, the whole conversation is so depressing, I mean, when you think about everything that we're facing. But I, I ought to call it the Stinchfield Comedy Hour every time I play a, a soundbite from Jen Psaki. I want you to listen to this one. If it wasn't so serious, it would be funny. Listen. There are more goods that are being ordered by people across the country. People have more uh, money, expendable resources. Uh, their wages are up. More people are working than they were a year ago. Uh, and if you... And, Port to port, it's different. So, uh, Congressman, wages are up. This is why we see 88 ships off the coast of California. Yeah, yeah not real wages. When you, I mean, it, it, look, the real wages are actually down because inflation is at a record, uh, record high. And the Wall Street Journal just did a piece where 4.3 million workers are no longer in the workforce. They permanently left because when you have that, I mean, think about it, Grant. When you pay people not to work, you shouldn't be surprised when you can't find workers. When you tell people they can't be evicted, you shouldn't be surprised when they quit paying their rent. So the, the, the Biden administration economic policy is lock down your economy, spend like crazy, pay people not to work. And then for the people who are working and who are paying their rent, yeah. oh, by the way, we're getting ready to raise your taxes in this $5 trillion monstrosity of a package that is i mean such a deal for them for the american hard-working people um that that again is just completely right. wrong but that's the direction they're headed i'm going to put you on the spot this may be depressing to the american people is there anything that the house can do or republicans in the senate can do to stop these spending bills from going through or is it really just all on Kristen cinema and joe manchin the two democrat senators one from arizona one from west virginia we can, we can keep doing the work that you've been doing. We can talk about this. We can point out to the country how bad it is. I think the country knows it. That's the reason Joe Biden's approval rating is down at 38%. In the end, though, the actual vote's going to come down to Mr. Manchin and, and Senator Manchin, Senator Sinema in, in the Senate. Let's hope they hold firm and do what's best for this great nation and not continue to spend like this and drive up the cost of goods and services and have more empty shelves. Uh, let's hope so. But we're going to have to wait and see. In the meantime, we got to keep talking about and pointing out how wrong this administration is. Wrong answer. The right answer would have been like, uh, you know what? Yes, we're going to filibuster. We got to make sure every Republican's on the same page. We need to be talking more. People need to get involved more. Like, what kind of lame answer is that, that we should just, you know, keep doing what he's doing? No, we need to be more involved. We need to be taking back. And I found that video that's probably going to shock you, uh, you know, in regards to children and their plan and how it's going. So I want to share this with you because it was fascinating 
to watch yesterday. It was from Steve Bannon's War Room. Um, it shocked me. It really shocked me. Take a gander. I wear a mask to school. I wear a mask to school. Hi ho the Dario. I wear a mask to school. It helps to keep me safe. It helps to keep me safe. Hi ho the Dario. It helps to keep me safe. It keeps my friends safe. It keeps my friends safe. Hi ho the Dario. It keeps my friends safe. And let me see a hooray. Put your hands up in the air. Steve Bannon, Donald Trump's former chief strategist, remember him? Well, he is now urging conservatives to prepare for controlling the United States government. Here is Bannon on one of his most recent podcasts. Watch. We're winning big in 2022. We're going to win big in 2024. We need to get ready now, right? We control this country. We got to start acting like it. And one way we're going to act like it, we're not going to have 4,000 ready to go. We're going to have 20,000 ready to go. And we're going to pick the 4,000 best and the most ready in every single department. Now, it sounds like it's a mere staffing plan for government bureaucrats, right? But it's actually a far more intense plan that Bannon is talking about. And here's why, quote, Bannon referred to 4,000 shock troops in an interview with NBC News on Saturday after the network reported that he had been earlier in the week with party faithful to prepare to reconfigure government once a Republican is in the White House. If you're gonna take over the administrative state and deconstruct it, then you have to have shock troops prepared to take it over immediately. Bannon told NBC, I gave him fire and brimstone, according to the Huffington Post. Now, shock troops is a military term. It's often associated by historians with Nazi brown shirts during World War II. Uh, and when Brandon is there encouraging conservatives to take over the federal government with shock troops, he's also been talking not just about the federal government, but also local governments. And so across the United States, you have tons of MAGA faithful who are now essentially infiltrating school boards, running for local office, which is the right, of course, but it is making local politics even more extreme and more divisive. Shock troops. Welcome. You're in the, uh, I guess, the headquarters for the shock troop uh, army, right? The deployment of. I just want to say, so I can't believe Young Turk said this, right? In the sense that, you know, I couldn't believe that they said that. Oh, they're all infiltrating school boards and running for positions and running for office. I mean, it's their right, but, you know, they shouldn't be doing it. And, you know, Bannon was at a meeting with a bunch of conservatives creating shock troops. It's like, See, this is where they're putting one and one together. They're just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That that woman that we have annihilated was, remember in the article, she was at that meeting. She inferred she spoke. No, I didn't. I had half a glass of wine, smoked a couple cigarettes, watched a few people, said hellos, goodbyes, and you know, kind of just mingled, and that was it. Um, Steve Bannon was the keynote speaker, and he had combed his hair, and he looked fantastic. And everything he said, I was like, yeah, you go, boy. Um, I didn't scream it out, but I was saying it in my head. So now they're just like, wait a minute, they've got to be organizing because it's not happenstance that all of these are being said. And this is being said to appointees you know, within D.C. This is a problem. Here's why it's a problem for them that they don't understand. See, the Democrat Party the liberal arm in the United Nations, all of them, 
they spend an insane an insane amount of money to create um, groups that do things. Now, for them, it's just torching things, burning things, breaking things, closing down streets, you know, things like that, and then making children come and sacrifice their favorite item at an altar in order to be part of it. They spend a ton of money. They organize completely. They have money at their disposal. I think in one of the Zoom calls um, most recently, they had just gotten some funds, a couple million. So they're wondering, okay, Bannon has money. We need to check Bannon's money out because, you know, obviously he's like promoting people to go do shit. And then they're like, okay, there's got to be a fund. We're going to get Trump for this. We're going to get Trump for this. Not the RNC, not the GOP. We're going to get Trump. Now I'm going to tell you something. So far, we have completely annihilated our school boards in the sense of them being higher than thou. There is no, will you do this for our children? It's like, fuck you, do it or you're gone. And that's the way it should be. You work for me. That's number one. So we've done that part. Now we've taken charge of our courts. We've attacked them in the sense of you can't touch our courts. We're using them because they're going to work for us because they support our constitution. Just like in every tyrannical government, the courts are the ones that stand. Now, the next thing, you know what I think we need to be doing? And I, and I had this kind of thought, but we're going to start this after uh, the, the second week of November. We're going to dismantle the GOP. I think we need to dismantle the We don't need the GOP. Right. We really don't. Because if you think about it, here's how elections happen. The general, you know, uh, consensus of the GOP says we like we have three candidates, Joe, Larry and Curly. You, the people, love Joe and you want to fund Joe. So you're funding the GOP because you want Joe. Then they have their thing with the delegates in their state. And they're like, yeah, so we all like Curly. And you're like, no, fuck that. I like Joe. And they're like, yeah, but we're endorsing Curly. So you have no say. You just follow the party lines, okay? And just, you know, vote straight red. And you're just like, the fuck? I just gave money because I wanted Joe to get it. Why are you giving it to Curly? And then the GOP, the money they got for Curly, they give it to the RNC too, because then the RNC acknowledges that the GOP has uh, decided which candidate will be representing your state. Fuck that. If I like someone and I want them to run, I don't need even, they don't even need to pay me. I will take their signs. I will make my own signs and I will go out there and get them votes. I will volunteer. I will pay anything. Do you need to travel somewhere? Dude, okay, me and 10 of my friends, we're going to fund a bus. You need to fly because our state is big. Don't worry about it. We got you. Tell us how much you need for tickets. Here you go. This is how we win. Why do we have an MLM scheme? It feels like I'm being defrauded for like some vitamins and shit, right? Where I'm paying one person to then put it in a fund in another person and then put it in a fund in another person. And then they decide anyway. It, you know, I, I see it in Ohio and I want to bring someone on the show that's running. Um, he's, he wasn't even invited to the Republican meeting things, Right. Because the G he didn't have enough money or the they didn't fund the GOP for him enough. And it's like, no, we're dismantling that shit. We don't need that shit. Fuck the GOP. Fuck the RNC. Fuck your stupid events. It's our events, our vote, 
our money and we say where it goes. So that's the next plan because we got to get that geared up for the special elections coming up in 2022. We need to fix that. See, because when the GOP asks us for money and says, you know, we need to make America first and then, and then, it's like, no, you're not getting shit and stop using win rent. Stop it. I'm sending you a check directly in your name and that's it. No, no one else. I don't want anybody else getting that money. You're getting it. You yourself directly are getting it. I don't need any party nomination. I am the party. That's the way it is. President Trump is the fucking party. Why do we have the Republicans? It's a damn scam. That's what it is. It's an MLM scam. We're going to dismantle the GOP. We're not going to go by party lines. We're going to pick the people we want. That's the way it is. It's, it's, it's literally a scam. Like I was thinking about it and I was like, what a freaking scam. They think we're going to stop at our local governments, which by the way, they all say, oh, they have every right to, but they shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> no. Just because the script is written doesn't mean that you get to write the ending, right? The script is there. The endings are malleable. It's like one of those books. Have you seen those apps and books where you can pick the ending? So depending on what you do, the ending comes out, Right. The best ending is the one where the people actually have a voice. People say, well, it'll be disorganized. There'll be so many candidates. Well, we'll see who stands stronger. It's the one that I see. People are running everywhere across this nation. And I have, I see someone that's running that I want to win. I want him to win so bad, right, for the state of New York, right? We need Andrew Giuliani as governor. But I don't see him. I don't see him. And it's like, but I see everybody else, but I don't see him. See, how do we get him? How do we get to see him? Oh, that's right. The people start to see him. See, it's all about visibility. That's the whole thing about campaigns. How much money do you get to run ads? How much money do you get to have events? If you have money, and think about it this way. Hillary Clinton had a shit ton of money and a shit ton of ads, right? She still lost. Lots of people had a shit ton of money. I mean, Joe Biden had a shit ton of money. Did he have any people? No. So what really won this election? Money. Not you. Not the people. Money. Okay? Money. So, <clears throat> and who says we should have a two or three party system? We should have a hundred. We should have a house that is represented by tons of parties. And then parties that are kind of like, they kind of meet in the middle. I think that's the best way to be represented, if you ask me. I think the GOP needs to go, and that should be next. I think that should be next. That's the next thing we should do. We don't need your party. We don't need any banners. We don't need elephants and donkeys. We need people that are actually going to do their job. Because you know what happens? They don't get the cover of the GOP. They don't get the cover of the GOP, so that way they could stay in there for 100 years. They don't get the cover. They fuck up. They're out. No one's voting for them anymore. That's the way we fix things. So we've got a lot of work to do. Like I said, a couple of years ago, this is going to be a busy time, but we got to step it up because in 2022, we got to have that ready. We got to get that dismantled quick. We got to dismantle it quick, but we're going to do it. Yeah. Second week of November, we'll start that. We have to figure out how to do it. And this way we have more control. See, because if there was no party, Right. We wouldn't have this bullshit of, I don't know if we're going to give him the nomination, kind of like the way they stole it from Bernie. Not saying I wanted Bernie, but <laughs> Bernie was what the people wanted, but the DNC chose. Right. Remember how they didn't know. I remember, I remember 2016, 
in the summer, I went to the North Dakota GOP. This is like August, right? President Trump was the only person left standing. He had crushed all opponents before him. And I was like, yo, so where are the Trump, uh, Trump signs and stuff? I need some. I need to put them out. I need to do this. I got some from his campaign, but I ran out. I got, I, I, I burned through 1500. Like I campaigned for him so freaking hard. I was stopping on highways and just poking them in. And there were some places that I would poke them in and people would tear them down. I'd go back again and do it from, from middle North Dakota, all the way out to the Eastern part of Montana. I had riddled that thing with signs, yard sign stickers, you name it. I campaigned my ass off for that man. And guess what? I didn't see a penny. Why? Because I wanted him to win hard. I needed him to win hard because <laughs> my country was at stake. See, when we need someone in a position because we want our nation to succeed, our state to succeed, our city to succeed, our county to su succeed, that's what we do. We work our ass off to make sure that our voice is heard. Now, there weren't a lot of people that would put that out there. Remember, there were, they were putting out videos where people were running over your signs or doing things, and then some people got crafty and put booby traps, right? People were afraid to, making it really taboo to want to vote for Trump. No, 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 no. But you know what the, the, the funniest part was? The GOP turned around and said, it's Hori, I, I don't know what to tell you. You got to get with his campaign because I don't know if we're going to give him the nomination. I was like, what the fuck do you mean if the GOP is going to give him the non nomination? He's the only one left standing. Are we going to do Marco Rubio? He's been gone. Uh, Cruz, he lost hard. Like, what are you talking about? And I was just like, this is insane. They're going to pull a Bernie. They want to pull a Bernie. This is why. We don't need this shit anymore. You're not going to sit there and tell me what I'm allowed to vote for because I belong to a party. No, 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 no. It's I vote for the person, not a party. I vote for the person, not a party. That's the way it goes. Strike Force Wednesday, 6 October, Year of Our Lord 2021. Uh, closing in on 100 million downloads, thanks to this audience. Of course, we're live everywhere on every platform in the world, including uh, live simulcast in Mandarin uh, and uh, now in Japanese also for, through GTV and G News. I want to thank that. We got so much to go through today. We're going to start. We were going to start with the debt ceiling. We're going to start with all this big. Um, everything's happening up here about trying to transform our country through money. Uh, but we got so much going on. I want to bring in Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene. You see the meltdown. Here's what the meltdown is, Congressman Green, is that uh, your call to action as a populist and what we're doing here on the show to get this posse so people show up to do become precinct committee men for the Republican Party or they go to volunteer become election officials or they go to school boards or the, you know, they, they, they learn how to work in the federal government and take a job in the federal government in the next Trump administration. And they're in full meltdown because, like you said, you, one of the most brilliant things you said, he said, hey, what they fear the most is the voters, right? They fear voters. But you gave that, the, that uh, opening segment we had of the little children, and this is why it gets down to the moms of America are not going to tolerate that. That is pure right there, ladies and gentlemen. We could play for you, given our relationship with G News and GTV. I could go back to the 1960s and get footage from the Cultural Revolution and Mao. That is what the Red Guards, that is pure Maoism right there. That is 100% indoctrination, and we're going to play that multiple times today through this show. Those little children being indoctrinated, being totally and completely indoctrinated. Uh, Congressman Green, you've been at the tip of the spear of the fire of this. Now 
uh, these moms are being called domestic terrorists, right? Domestic terrorists, the moms of America. What say you, ma'am? Well, well, here's what I have to say. First, to that man that is trying to uh, basically paint all of us as, you know, the enemy, who they are. You know, they, they're the ones that have used the Nazi tactics. And I'm not afraid to say that anymore. I'm not talking about the Holocaust. I'm talking about uh, tyrannical government. I'm talking about leaders. I'm talking about communism because that's who the Democrats are. And for decades now, they have formed and organized groups funded by very big money donors. And this is what they have done. They have infiltrated our government and they are destroying our country from within with their communist policies and beliefs. But here's what we're doing, Steve, and why your show is number one in this movement is we're taking our government back because this government is for the people and by the people. And here's what that guy and all the Democrats need to understand. The taxpayers are the ones that pay the salaries of people in the government, people that are elected like me, but also everyone that works in every part of the government. And so moms and dads who are outraged and disgusted at their schools and that the CRT and, and any kind of horrible um, propaganda that our children are being taught, just like this video where these children, this is child abuse, where they are being abused, brainwashed, um, into wearing masks and, and God knows what else. The parents need to take control of the schools because they're the taxpayers and it's their money that pays for the schools. And so if the parents do not like their children being taught propaganda, communist propaganda, or discussing immoral sexual um, education, or being told that they have to wear a mask when they go to school or anything else, then it's the parents' right to go into the school board and demand that it stop. It's the parents' rights to go in and replace the school board. It's the parents' rights to make sure that teachers are fired and, and that there is new good curriculum put into place. And that's what we have to make sure that the Democrats and people in the media, the communists in the media, they need to understand this. And this isn't dangerous. Actually, this is American because this is how our country was founded and we're taking it back. We're not going to do it with violence or, or firing a single shot. We're going to take it back by holding our government accountable and the people getting involved because this government is not meant to be a communist country like China. This government is meant to be a limited government that stays out of people's lives and out of children's education and out of the way of parents who have a job, a very important job to protect their children and raise them in a good, safe environment that's not only good for their soul, their heart, their mind, but help them grow into good people, responsible people, and good citizens. And the Democrats are doing everything they can to destroy our children, uh, to rot them from within, to make them think terrible things about themselves, such as question their gender, question who they are, um, and, and be forced to cover their face, which is unhealthy, wrong and it needs to stop immediately by the way i keep saying look we're the vast majority you've got uh, more polling out today from gallup a complete collapse of, of biden it's just it's it's unprecedented right and now people believe that the gop is the is the best party for for safety security and prosperity right the Biden things in the collapse we, we control this country and we got to start acting like we can control it and that means continue to go you're not going to back off an inch that's a question i've got for you before I know you got to bounce is the weaponization of the Department of Justice and the FBI 
They did it back in May when they sent this threatening letter to Karen Fan and the people out in Arizona, the Senate, to basically say on the on the canvas, which they're freaked out about. They don't want to canvas in Phoenix. They don't want to canvas in Atlanta. They don't want to canvas in Philadelphia or Detroit or Milwaukee. That's what freaks them out. And they they, they implied criminal charges against people that were going to be part of the of the canvas movement here. They've blatantly, this association of school boards has gone to the Justice Department, which responded in 24. How many times have they responded in 24 hours? This shows you how baked it was. This shows you behind the scenes how they've been working on this. Now they're coming out, and they're trying to intimidate people by calling you a domestic terrorist. Understand you'll be kicked out of your, your country club. You'll be kicked out of your, uh, your neighborhood association. You'll be fired at work. Are people going to just sit there and tolerate this weaponization? of the FBI and the weaponization of the Justice Department, Congressman Green? I don't think so. Not anymore. And and here's what I have to say about that. Again, the Department of Justice and the FBI needs to understand who pays their salaries. And that's the taxpayers. That's the American people that have done nothing wrong. Um, and it is not wrong or dangerous. You're not a domestic terrorist if you love your country. If you're patriotic, if you believe and you stand for the American flag, you are not a domestic terrorist if you stand up against CRT or any kind of radical belief. You're not a domestic terrorist if you refuse to get the vaccine. You're not a domestic terrorist if you refuse to wear a mask and you want to trust your immune system against a bioweapon made in China that only kills less than 1% of our population. And the 1% that it does kill, unfortunately, is the elderly, the immune compromised, and the obese factor is a big issue and these people want to ignore obesity it's a true danger to our uh, entire population's health but you're not a domestic terrorist if you're willing to stand stand up for truth if you're willing to organize with your friends your neighbors um, your church in your community to hold your government accountable that they should do the job that they that they sh were hired to do and you're not a domestic terrorist if you went to the capitol on january 6th supporting president trump and caring about election integrity and not wanting to see fraud in our election systems. That doesn't make you a domestic terrorist. What happened on January 6th was a riot and it needs to be treated as so. These people are have been locked up, held in solitary confinement, and now the FBI and the Department of Justice is hunting Americans all over the country. But you see, here's what's going to happen, Steve. People are going to be fed up with this intimidation because we've seen it before in our history books. Seen it before with the brown shirts. We've seen it before with the Gestapo. We've seen it before in countries like Russia. We see it now in China. We've seen it in Venezuela. And I believe the American people are strong enough to realize, to wake up, that they need to form together, not in violence, but in a loud, clear voice telling the Department of Justice, the FBI, the Biden administration, all the way down to school boards and local um, elected Democrats. We are not going to be intimidated. We will not stop. We are going to stand solidly together and demand to protect our freedoms, our children, and this witch. I can't. She's elected. She's been in office. She knows exactly what's up. It's October 2021, and she's telling you now to organize, now to get involved, now to fight. Look at all these people coming out with, you need to organize. You need to do this shit. You need to do that. You need to be involved. Wait a minute. Uh, we've been talking about that for since 
right before the elections where we were sending letters to President Trump. We were organizing. We were learning how to do this. We were learning how to move along. Remember, the state rooms were created on November 5th, 2020. We were doing that. Where were they when they were on the inside? Where were they all these months where they're like, just fund my campaign. I'll help. I'll do some great things. Look at me. I'm going to do a petition and we're totally going to use that shit. Let, let's go do a rally. It's totally going to do that. You know what? Let's just do a meetup, pay $75 for a ticket or more and come see me and we'll fix everything. Fuck that. Nope. That's not the way it works. Where were they when you really needed to get work done? Nah. When you really needed to get work done, they were nowhere, nowhere, but it's a, it's couch politicians. Someone actually dug up, damn, three years ago, you were saying, you need to get local. You need to do these things. You're letting it happen. That's the thing. Now they're coming out saying all the great things, how you can go out there, how you could do this. The only reason they're talking is because we got the attention of almost everybody and their mother, but they don't want to give you credit. They don't. They don't want to say, oh, so-and-so from Nebraska did this. So-and-so from California did this. No, 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 no. 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 Now, they want to say everybody should be getting involved. You need to get involved. Where the fuck were you for the past year when every single person has been doing that and trying that and asking you to help them, but you were busy campaigning? Or And I'm not talking about just MTG. I'm talking about all of them. All right? Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? How did our representatives say, you know what? If I was your representative, I'm going to tell you straight. If I was your representative or I was your senator, right? I would have been like, listen, I'm in the seat, but I can't do shit if you're not moving. Do shit so that I can use that shit and do it. Let me help. That's how you do it. That's how you act. When you're an elected official and you're on the end, you know exactly what's happening, right? You are, ex you know, everything that's happening. They know shit that's happening that you can't even imagine. A lot of stuff I know too. And I feed to you nicely and slowly and in the best way that I can without getting in trouble or caught. They know a lot of things. They know what they're voting for. They know what they're doing. They know everything. They know every single thing. So then the question lies is, why didn't they push you to that? Have an honest conversation with your own people because it wasn't fruitful. Now they know you don't give a fuck. You don't care who comes down. You're not going to look at party lines. You're like, yo, you're in my way. You've been sitting here for the past year. Where's fix 2020? Oh, we can't do that yet. We're just going to have to be patient. Yeah, so you're out too. This is where they've realized that it's beyond their being able to save their asses, okay? They know this now. They know that there's no way the people are going to let them get away with anything. So now 
they're obviously going to say, yeah, power to the people. Yeah, you keep doing it. Yeah, they're calling you domestic terrorists. I'm behind you 100%. No, no, no. What you just realized is the FBI responded within a day, which means the movement is bigger. They have eyes everywhere. The media is freaking the fuck out, as you know. Everybody is freaking out. Now you see it because you were like, fuck it. People are just so tiny and puny. They have like no power. And it's like, yeah, but see, they do. Because everyone's freaking out right now. They're all freaking out right now because you're doing it. And so now they're all waking up, not because they want to be your friend or because they love you or because they believe in what everything, they know that their days are limited and numbered and that they're on their way out too, right? There's no, oh, well, nope, you were in my way. I'm sorry. It's kind of like um, those um, state senators that uh, the people of Ohio found. Uh, they, they, they contacted them. They told them, hey, you know, this is illegal. Uh, this shouldn't be happening. This is a problem. This, this, this. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's completely unconstitutional, but we'll just wait and see. What the hell are you waiting for? To be thrown into a FEMA camp? To have my child taken away from me? to have no choice but to beg for food on the corner and that's if they want to give me food because I'm not vaccinated so I'm unpersoned like what point is the wait and see part are we not done enough waiting and seeing like right now like what are we doing at that point the people of Ohio got pissed guess what they did yeah so I'm going to put a writ of mandamus on my senate yeah so I'm going to put a writ of mandamus on my house of my state to fucking do their job and represent me because they're not representing me. See, this is how you get things done. You tell them you're going to get it done or else you're gone. And they're going to be like, yeah, sure. What are you going to do, puny guy? What are you going to do, puny girl? Oh, not so puny anymore, right? Because now we have the Department of Justice out there all over it, freaking out, right? So not so puny anymore, is it? Not so puny anymore, is it? So now they're interested in what you have to say. Now they're interested in what you do. Now they're interested. But the question is, are you interested? No. Why would you be interested in them when they had no interest in you? Why would you even care what they have to say? See, this is the part that we're at. This is the only reason some of them are speaking up now and using the route. Every single person, every single personality that realizes they've lost that train and ship has sailed. They're like, yo, let's just jump on that because everybody wants to get in there, get elected, remove their school boards, file letters and do things, right? So all these influencers and all these elected officials suddenly want to be your friend and say, yeah, yeah, I'm totally, with yeah, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. And it's like, where were you a year ago when I started this shit? Oh, let me guess. You were too high up there to look down, huh? Well, guess what? I'm not looking down now. That's how you should be. They're all full of shit, right? Every single one of them now saying that you should fight. And the only reason they're saying it is because, you know, they know that they're next. They're next. They just realized, holy shit, the people actually do have the power. And um, I'm done too. That's it. You tell them you're done. Now they see it. Why? Let's go to the school boards. They want our kids early. We've been in the school boards. We've been suing them because we have every right to tell them what we want and what we don't want when it comes to our kids, right? Well, what about CRT? Hmm. We, we go back to people we've had on here on a regular basis.
Mobley. He's got the podcast, the Joe Mobley, the Joe Mobley Show. One of the smartest guys out there. So, Joe, is this is is Chris Rufo right? Is this a referendum in Virginia on this topic where McAuliffe is throwing down, backing the teachers and the school boards, and others are saying no? The parents are going to be the decider here. Tell us what's going on. As per normal, yes, Chris is right. Uh, Joy is wrong. Uh, surprise. I know that you're surprised. I'm surprised as well. Uh, the fact is CRT is real. Um, there are a lot of people, you know, the left, they haven't even gotten their their marching orders in line because you've so got what, but Joe, saying but Joe, CRT. hang, But Joe, hang, but Joe, hang over a second. Joy reads smart, thinks she's a Harvard grad. Why is she continuing <laughs> to go back and saying, why is, why is she continuing going back and saying it's just Derek Bell and it's a bunch of lawyers and it's some esoteric legal theory and it has nothing to do with Joe Mobley comes on here and whines about all the time. It's not in the school system. It's not in the books. The teachers aren't teaching it. Joe Mobley's a good guy, but he's just dead wrong. Is she right or are you right? I'm right. She's doing a classic gaslight. You know, Northrop said there's no such thing as CRT. He called it a right wing conspiracy. But Terry McAuliffe said CRT is real and it's essential. It must be taught in our school. So which is it? You know, they're so, they can't so, even so, get their line together. OK, but McAuliffe's embraced this. So how's this is how is this going to work out now between Paris? By the way, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Merrick Garland sent a memo over to the FBI. Aren't you guys, aren't you, aren't you domestic terrorists now? It's bad I, enough, I Joe, that you... you... So. <laughs> I, I do believe so... uh, that you'll see my rifles gone because the, the, the boys could kick in the door at any moment now. Uh, it, it's, it's a tense situation here being a domestic terrorist uh, for saying things like boys shouldn't use the girls' restroom, blacks aren't oppressed, all whites aren't racist. You know, we used to have a First Amendment, but now those things put you on a terror watch list. I fully expect if I did try to get on a plane, which I'm not, but I fully expect to be on some type of watch list that would make that uh, a difficult task getting on a plane. But, but Joe, just saying that and just, hey, and, you know, all kidding aside, having Merrick Garland say that and come out at a press conference and say that, have this letter sent from justice over to the FBI, have a guy like you that's a patriot right a, a patriot and a great american say hey you know i pro i might be on a watch list i mean that shows you how serious this is now have the parents in your opinion been backed off by this now that it's a hot it's a white hot political issue in the commonwealth and you've had global media now focus on this are you finding that the parents on either your podcast or what you're seeing these school boards are the parents starting to back off or you think the parents are doubling down uh, many parents across the nation have backed off. Um, the, the scare tactics have worked, the fear mongering. This is the same thing that employers are doing with vaccine mandates. Uh, my, my employer is going to fire people two weeks before Christmas. It's, it's a heck of a scare tactic. Uh, but many of us are leaning in. And I, I got news from McAuliffe. The parents in Virginia are actually emboldened by this behavior. A number of lawsuits are being filed. Uh, we're getting more and more uh, you know, unsolicited messages from law enforcement, from medical professionals, from teachers. They're disclosing things to us that they want us to push out. And by us, I mean fight for schools. I mean uh, Loudoun County Republican Women's Club. I mean my show and myself. Uh, we're out here. We're on shows like yours. We're on other shows. And we're going to continue this thing. This is our moment. This is just like the found. We're not signing a suicide pact. But this is the we mutually pe pledge 
our honor, our sacred, our sacred honor, our fortunes and our livelihoods. This is that wow. moment for us. All right. So this is another person pushing for petitions. That's fantastic, isn't it? It is fantastic. It's fantastic. But what is it telling you? Parents backing off? They're fucking pussies. Then they weren't doing it for the right reason. There wouldn't be a mountain I wouldn't climb, a, the dragon I wouldn't slay, right? A, a journey I wouldn't take, and a bullet that I wouldn't step in front of for my kids. But they're backing off? I'm sorry. I'm so confused. What kind of parents does he have? You know, I have to say that the people that I keep company with, which is you, haven't backed off. You guys have tripled and quadrupled down. Louisiana took the streets and started putting shit in windshield wipers, uh, uh, handing them out, posting them everywhere, and serving them. Have you guys read the letter that Louisiana did? I think all of us could, could do the same letter for all our states. This is important. They need to know that they're on notice. See, the stickers took a few months, but now everybody and their mother can see them, right? You can't hide the stickers anymore. You can't hide. Where are the stickers? Everywhere. Everyone's going to know Trump won. Everyone's going to know that, you know, you uh, are the reason that we have high gas, right? Everybody now at gas stations, no matter where they go, they find it. They find these you know, stickers and they're, and they're losing their mind. They're completely losing their mind. They don't know what to do because they can't take them off enough. So instead they're just, uh, you know, saying, Oh, it's like this. Oh, it's like that. No, it's like this. Louisiana says, and they sent this to their attorney general, their secretary of state, their governor, their legislature, their mayors, their city councils, their parish councils, their school boards and sheriffs from we the people. And they say, we address you today regarding your failures of leadership and failures to protect the fundamental rights of your constituents. We the people of this state have called, emailed, protested, shown up to school board, council meetings, and committee hearings. With one voice, we demanded that you preserve and protect our freedoms. We offered you ample opportunities to address these issues, yet you stood by while a tyrannical governor, overreaching mayors, and unaccountable federal leviathan destroyed our state. We demand that you answer for your inaction. And we will continue to utilize all forms of communication to call attention to your failures and promote your impending removals from office. We have determined that you are not standing for all our freedoms. You are part of the problem. The governor, secretary of state, and legislators will now stand by and watch as we peacefully remove them from their respective positions. Attorney General Landry, you have no choice to stand with us and fight to secure our constitutional freedoms, or you can stand by while we also remove you. We, the people of the great state of Louisiana, demand Attorney General Landry to agree to meeting with us immediately. How have you failed us? You stood by while tyrants attacked our most basic rights to live and work freely, using fear and tyranny to lock us in our homes and attack our rights to bodily autonomy. You stood by 
while jobs, schools, weddings, funerals, reunions, festivals, concerts, and football games were shut down, yet thousands freely marched in our streets for months. You stood by while our kids were deprived of their education, were muzzled by political pseudoscience, and school board meetings were cut short because parents came in to protest mask mandates. You stood by while small businesses were shattered. Meanwhile, Amazon made re record profits. You stood by while experimental drugs and the most dangerous and deadly vaccines of at least the last 30 years were forced upon us at the gun of economic ruin. You stood by as occupancy, mask and vaccine mandates from incompetent mayors like Latoya Contrell and Sharon Weston Broom disproportionately crushed the African-American community and continue to do so. You stood by while the lockdowns closed half our small businesses for good. As with the vaccine mandates, African-American businesses were especially hard hit. A fact that seems to go unnoticed by Governor Edwards, Mayor Control, Mayor Broom, who continue to devastate minority communities. You stood by while countless elected officials who swore to uphold our constitutional freedoms labeled your constituents as conspiracy theorists because they dared to question massive, serious, clear as day security issues in the November 3rd, 2020 election. You stood by while our Secretary of State allowed us to vote on outdated election machines that have not been certified since 2017. In two weeks, we will be using the same uncertified machines. You stood by while the Arizona audit uncovered just how vulnerable our election machines are, and yet the people have not seen where any of you have taken any action to restore our faith in election integrity. You stood by as Dr. Anthony Fauci and the NIH lied about the origin of the virus. This led to precious lost response time and political pressure on China that cost Louisiana lives. Perhaps the most appalling, you stood by and allowed the same corrupt FDA, CDC, and NIH to ban effective treatments for COVID in favor of more expensive experimental treatments that are killing people. These actions cost the lives of thousands of Americans, including hundreds of Louisianians whose blood is on your hands. It doesn't matter what other victories you have achieved when you have not even step to the biggest and most important fights in our history. You have failed this state. You have failed this country. You have failed the people, and we no longer consent to your failed governance. In closing, you stood by while the citizens you swore to protect were deprived of constitutional rights secured through the blood, sweat, and tears of our forefathers and foremothers. Now, you can resign or stand by and watch while we remove every one of you from your position and take back our beloved state. Your time is up. Kind of sounds like something all of us are feeling. Kind of sounds like something all of us want to say. Kind of sounds like, yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like this is indeed the uprising. Right. <laughs>
Paranoia is in bloom, the PR transmissions will resume. They'll try to push drugs to keep us all dumbed down and hope that we will never see the truth around. Another promise, another seed, another package lie to keep us trapped in greed. You see the green belts wrapped around our minds, and endless red tape to keep the truth confined.
are that uprising, right? That's the way it is. And it's not that you are an activist. It's not that you've decided to be a protester, right? No, you've simply now decided to actually partake in your government, which is something that you should have been doing from day one. So the uprising, I would say, is a, is a bit of how they see it. We're not uprising. We're just doing what we should have done. We're just doing what we should have been doing. That's basically it. We are a force to be reckoned with. We are the storm. And what have I told you storm means? Standing together, organizing the revolutionary movement. You are the storm. And now those pretending to be on our side for all this time and those that have been opposed to the people actually partaking in their government are terrified. Even those that sit pretty and think they love me, they want me, they know that I'm on their side. I say all the right things. No, fuck you. No. You have to be for the people. You have to be a servant for the people. The people don't serve you. And it's unfortunate that we have to remind them that. The only way we maintain that control, the only way we maintain that control together is by ensuring that moving forward during any election, that they cannot have any cover or support from anyone. So GOPs, DNC, Libertarian parties, bye, see ya, bye, Felicia. If you are that good of a voice to represent me, I will hear you. I won't hear it from the GOP. I will hear you. And it all starts local. I mean, we can all hear who's running for mayor. We can all hear who's running for our city council and county commission. But then how do we know who's running for Senate? The one that is being talked about by the people, not who they tell us. We don't give a fuck about Curly. We wanted Joe, right? That's the way it is. Joe Schmo is the one we wanted. We didn't want Larry and we didn't want Curly. We all gave money for Joe Schmo and you decided you're going to pick Curly. You know, this is how you know when someone's good. Someone tells you about them. Yo, I heard about this guy. Dude, he's awesome. He's joking. You know, he may not be like this, like that, like that. But you know what? He can actually be a servant. Huh? You, you, you don't say. When's he? Is he having a get together anytime soon? Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be around in the area again at this time. I don't know. He has a mailing list. If you want, you can contact them here. Here's their email. Give them a call or send them an email. Here you go. That's how. An organized Republican democracy works, meaning that we have, this is a republic, okay? This is a democratic republic where we have representation. Who the fuck is representing us right now? Let's be honest. Absolutely nobody. Absolutely nobody. They have all these rules and regulations and how we have to use the GOP, the DNC, the Libertarian Party, the Green Party. Fuck them all. We don't need anybody telling us who we need to vote for. I'm going to know because I'm going to hear him. If I don't hear, then I don't know. Then I don't vote. That's the way it should be. I don't see why it's like this. Okay, Constitutional Republic, stop picking on words. 
Bottom line is we're not being represented, period. Nobody gives a shit. Where's your representation? Who is representing you? No one. You represent yourself. I see a lot of people thinking that they need validation from people. Fuck it. You're the only one that needs to validate yourself. You don't need anybody else's validation. They don't, they don't walk in your shoes. They don't pay your bills. They don't have the problems you, you have, right? So why, are you, why do you care? If you're in office and you're supposed to be representing me and you're not representing me, you have no business being in office. Oh, but Tori, you're one person. There's another 30,000. Let's ask the other 30,000. Let's ask the other 20,000. Let's ask another 10. I'm pretty sure everyone's going to have a problem with that. So, you know, maybe we should change things. We need one representative for every 30,000 people. That way we can hear them. Because we can't hear them. We can't control them. It's a machine that's out of control. It's like it's out of control. At least put in the Tesla auto drive where, where it can go into panic mode and you could take over. <laughs> this one's like, damn. You're just like, damn. I mean, think about it. How many people in Pelosi's district actually approve on what Pelosi's doing? <laughs> Guarantee you it's probably less than 20%. Because she didn't get elected. Her money got her elected. Nobody wanted her. She's a crypt keeper. We've seen her. Her eyebrows are pulled. All They're pulled so far back. But, you know, before we get into Pelosi, I wanted to tell you that they're already discussing. What if Donald Trump doesn't run for 2024? Who could be the next candidate? Didn't I fucking tell you this is coming? It's like, it's so ridiculous. And I'm not saying, oh, look, I knew. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I knew. I know a lot of things that I don't always tell you about. I know a lot of things, good, bad, whatever. Here they are. Of course, it's going to be spicy. Let's go. Right, Let's see what he has to say. Trouble for President Biden. The, the Democrats, Democrats is out today. today. According to a new political morning consult poll, just 38% of Americans think the country is headed in the right direction under President Biden. Well, check this out. 62% say we're headed down the wrong track. Those are not numbers that politicians like to see. Well, will numbers like these send alarm bells to Democrats heading into the 2022 midterms? Joining us now is David Drucker, senior correspondent for The Washington Examiner and author of a new book called In Trump's Shadow, The Battle for 2024 and the Future of the GOP. David, good to see you. Great to see you, Sean. So look, um, those numbers, if you're a Republican on Capitol Hill, probably make you feel pretty good going into the midterms. But you talk about 2024 in your book. How do things change if Trump does or does not run again? Well, it's a very interesting question. I think that if Trump decides to sit 2024 out, you'll see a larger field, right? So there are, I mean, I've counted in, in Trump's shadow, up to 14, 14 top-tier Republicans who are major figures in the party who are looking at a presidential race who want to run. And obviously, if the former president runs, you're looking at a smaller field. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. If that playbook is played, I'm going to tell you right now. Listen carefully to what I'm going to tell you. If that playbook is played and he says, oh, I'm just going to sit it out. Guess who's fucking running? I'm going to fucking run. Fuck the GOP. Fuck the influencers. I'm going to run just to fucking say, now I want to, you know, uh, what, what is it called? I want to um, pass my time. You know, I want to give my seat to President Trump. 
He's going to be back in 2022. Stop. I'm just saying, if that was to happen, I'd be like, fuck it. I'm running. None of these people are running. None of them. I don't trust any of you. You're this, you're that. Well, doesn't matter. Everybody knows my shit. We don't know about yours. Let's talk. Yeah. I tell everybody who the fuck I am. What are you doing? This is what I'm saying. And I'm not saying just, I would, right? I would totally get annihilated. It would take me out in a heartbeat. Uh, but I'm just saying that is something that I would do completely. It's like, what? You think I want Cruz? Oh, DeSantis? Oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Maybe I should get a really nice admiral or general or something. No, it's going to be a person just like Trump was. He wasn't a politician. We don't need politicians. We had enough of that shit. But admirals aren't politicians. Generals aren't politicians. Yes, they fucking are. When you're an admiral and a general, you're a politician. Okay. Fact. Fact. Super fact. Super fact. Super duper fact. I'm telling you right now, I would totally freaking run. And I'd be the first woman too. And it would be the shortest term ever. I'd be like calling up President Trump. Hey, you know, there's like this clause here that says that I could. Hey, wanted to want to swap seats? <laughs> I'll sit in Mar-a-Lago while you can sit here. <laughs> but no. I would, I would totally do that. Seriously. If anything happened to him, I would totally fuck shit up because if they're trying to pull it and they're not, they can't, nothing can stop what's coming regardless. So even if they pull, they can't, I'm just telling you, they're already mulling with the idea. Listen carefully to what this, this guy already wrote a book for 2024. What a loser. We haven't even fixed 2020. Where are you going? What's interesting to me, and it's it's based on interviews I've done recently and interviews I've done for the book, is that President Trump running as strong as his numbers are in the Republican Party does not necessarily mean that particular Republicans who have been eyeing a 2024 bid since long before last year's re-election campaign are going to sit out. I think a lot of them are going to get into the race when they think the time is right, and then they're going to judge how the campaign unfolds. And, and as you know, Sean, given that the former president has such high name ID, has such strong support within the party, and has been to this rodeo before, he doesn't have to get in as early as everybody else. And so even though he likes to signal where he's headed uh, often very early, he has the luxury of, of waiting to see how things look. And, and I think that other candidates that can't are going to charge ahead. And then they'll make their calculation based on how the field right. looks and how strong President Trump appears at that time. Uh, David, first of all, I'm going to have to decide, do I read Spicer's book or your book first? This is going to be, I'm going to do a, like a quarter toss-up here. <laughs> Look, I know it's Sean, but, I know oh. it's Sean's show, but in Trump's shadow, in Trump's shadow, <laughs> I'm lying. <laughs> okay. You know what, but though? Here's the thing. You, Hold on, time out. My book was at least endorsed by Mercedes Schlapp, David Drucker. That is that, true. That's got to be oh, worth something. It's, Sean, <laughs> it's Sean's book first, then. Sorry, David. Uh, but here you go. You're talking about these 14 potential candidates. Uh, first of all, who do you think is a surprise in that group of someone who may be running if Trump decides not to run? And also, uh, what other names are out there that you're seeing? Obviously, we've seen Governor Ron DeSantis and several others. But really, do you, is there a surprise candidate, a dark horse maybe? Well, let me talk to you about a candidate that I think is the most intriguing and the one that surprised me the most in the reporting for In Trump's Shadow, and that is former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. You know, in, in Washington, he can be very gruff with reporters. He can be very one note. Um, he, he doesn't flash. He didn't always flash a lot of personality. But when I started researching his background and watching him in front of voters and in front of large groups, he's really got a knack for retail politicking. 
he really knows how to uh, fill up a room and, and hold an audience's attention. And he's the kind of Republican, came from the traditional wing of the party, obviously worked very well with the former president and um, enjoys at least some level of support within the Trump wing of the party. And so I think for me, he's somebody that people might not expect to be a good candidate that I think is very intriguing. Um, and, you know, obviously when you're governors, I'm wondering. All right. I'm going to tell you something that I don't want to tell you, but I'm going to tell you. October 2019, I said something about Pompeo. Find it. Now, here's the deal. President Trump is going to be president, but he needs a vice president. They're already trying to take out the South Dakota governor with bullshit so that she can't be his running mate because they want a President Pompeo. What have I told you about second terms? I've told you something about second terms, right? I'm changing your vice president. You should listen to those podcasts. Very important. And I did make a slip October 2019 about Pompeo. I don't know if any of you remember what I said. I said something October 2019. 2019, or was yeah, it was 2019, October 6th, October 9th, something like that. I said something about him because that's the way it's going to happen in 2022. And then, um, and you know, it's already been written, but there are things that they can do. So let's, let's switch up gears, right? I'm just going to leave it at that. Let's switch up some gears. Um, while we have some beautiful background um, video while we talk. So, um, you know, what people seem to not want to learn is truth, hard truth. Um, there are many things in life uh, that seem to be really difficult uh, that we can't even see them. Like, for example, my background right now is something from 2009, but you never saw it. You never realized what was going on in that video. It was something that you thought was simple, something that, you know, was just about, um, you know, music or being in clubs, right? But if you look first, how it's being sung, what is being done, where it's being done, maybe you'll understand a little bit more. So this amazing video, and thank you for someone for sharing it. It's almost as if they can see my saved videos. Uh, we should um, talk about it. To do so, though, I think we should listen to a song first. I'd like to yield the first two minutes uh, to my colleague from Florida, Representative Gates. Without objection. I thank the gentleman for yielding because I think someone may be trying to kill me and if they are successful, I would like my constituents and my family to know who stopped their arrest. Madam Speaker, on October 8th, 2021, a Twitter handle uh, styled CIA Bob is at your door tweeted to at Rep Matt Gates. Looky here, pal. I lived in Portland. Portland has ordered a hit on you. I accepted the contract. Have a good day. Following this tweet, this individual traveled to Washington, D.C., and the Capitol Police uh, recommended his arrest. That's information that was just shared with me by the Investigations and Threat Assessment Section of the Protective Services Bureau, and specifically George DeSesso. 
And George shared with me that the Capitol Police recommended the arrest of this individual and that the Department of Justice refused to do so, declined to do so. And on the eve of the Attorney General testifying before the Judiciary Committee tomorrow, it is just yet another example of the Department of Justice having a double standard. If my name weren't Gates, if it were Omar or Tlaib, you bet this person would have been arrested because that's what the Capitol Police recommended. But the Department of Justice doesn't seem to care so much when it's Republicans. I thank my colleague and I yield the time back to I think it's time we talk about technology that is actually real, that has actually been done. Um, and that is referring to, there was a movie, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember, it's Paradise something, um, Paradise Hills, I think it is, right? Is it Paradise Hills? Yes, it is. Damn, it's still not free. So let me see if I can find a trailer so I can play it for you. Um before we get into this next segment, um, Paradise Hills. Ooh, explained. Fantastic. Okay. This looks good. So um, I think I've talked about this before because I found it very important for you to listen to so that you understand. Tom McDonald's song from a very long time ago um, was indicative of many things. Technology that already exists, um, technology that actually is implicated, but it's not just that. It's kind of like Pelosi. Every time you see her, her eyebrows are set at different different places, sometimes in her hairline, sometimes right above her eyes, sometimes in the middle of her forehead. But you see other discrepancies in other people. And um, maybe this can help. Look, if you've been following this channel for a while, you know that I really hate negative about movies. For the most part, I try to find positive things to say about a, a god-awful movie. Yeah, I don't, don't know what to say. Like, I mean... Now, front, I'm going to try not to be hyperbolically negative or, or completely hate on this film, but I think I say that every time I see a movie I don't like, and it only lasts for so long. Up front, we saw the trailer for Paradise Hills early on in the Loft Film Fest, and it was very exciting. 
In fact, it reminded me of a movie from last year's film fest, which was The Wild Boys. So today we're going to talk about The Wild Boys. It had a, an equally interesting aesthetic in its trailer. Visually, it seemed very unique. And it seemed like it was going to try to do a lot of unique and interesting things. The trailer itself also does what I love. It told me just enough and showed me just enough to get me intrigued about the film without giving too much of the plot away, which is probably easy to do since there's not much plot to speak of. Now, unlike The Wild Boys, which actually did a lot of things from a content and narrative and characterization standpoint that made it resonant and unique, Paradise Hills kind of fails on all of those levels. The aesthetic, like the trailer promises, is beautiful. The costumes are fantastic. The color is fantastic. The lighting is fantastic. As far as visual cinema goes, sure, there's a lot there to be positive about, but that's really where the compliments end. Now, what is Paradise Hills? Well, Paradise Hills is a story about a group of women who are sort of taken away from their homes, usually sent off by a father figure or patriarch of some sort, whether it's a husband or whatever, and sent off to this retreat where they are ostensibly trained to be refined, to become ladies who might be better suitors for men. And um, well, if you think it sounds a little bit like the Stepford Wives, that's exactly what this movie is. Times over, that really speaks to how creative and innovative and resonant a story can be. This film takes the Stepford Wives idea absolutely nowhere. It, it, it sort of is to the Stepford Wives what the Michael Bay film, I think it was The Island, was to Logan's Run. Um, it's just the same thing on steroids. All right, so let me tell you what Paradise Hill showed. Not only did it show that it was a cloning facility, there was a more morbid portion of it, which was very, almost very real, but not really, really real. But it was showing that they would take people to replace them. Remember, John McAfee had told you that he had so that he had tons of doubles, that he paid a lot of money to get them plastic surgery. And it's very important that people remember that uh, because, uh, you know, it, it's quite fascinating. Here's here's an, a very good example of people changing, but not really changing. I would urge you to watch it. Here we go. Now, now you're on the January 6th committee uh, about to hold Bannon in contempt. President Biden. <laughs> President Biden has said, uh, let me get this right. He hopes the committee, quote, goes after him. What's going to happen? We're going after him. <laughs> what is that? What, what, what does that mean? Why is this? It feels unusual that. Congress or a congressional committee is enforcing a subpoena. Why is this such a rare event? Well, because for the last four years, when you had uh, Sessions and Bill Barr running the Justice Department, they viewed their job, particularly Bill Barr, as essentially the criminal defense firm for Donald Trump. Uh, and there was little point in holding witnesses who didn't show up accountable by referring them to prosecution, because after all, we held Bill Barr in contempt. Uh, if he wasn't going to prosecute himself, he certainly wasn't going to prosecute others for ignoring congressional subpoenas. So the enforcement arm is the Justice Department. You don't have your own gendarmes. You can't send out the sergeant-at-arms to clap somebody in irons and drag them in. Uh, you know, actually, uh, in the past, about 100 years ago, we could do that. 
There was a jail the in the Congress. We days. might need to bring it back. As I was saying earlier in the monologue, Bannon wasn't in the administration at the time, so the exertion of executive privilege, which is not being supported by the Biden administration, um, uh, makes him kind of a soft target here. Is it because of what he knows or what he represents that it's so important to actually bring the enforcement of the subpoena? Uh, it's really both. Uh, certainly what he knows is really important. And uh, on January 5th, the day before the insurrection, uh, he was telling people that all hell was going to break loose the next day. Uh, he was in, as, as we understand, continual communication with the former president. So there's a lot he can tell us about what went on in the run-up to January 6th, what the president may have known about the propensity for violence, the participation of white nationalist groups. So he is a very pertinent witness. But it's also really important right from the start that we establish that if you ignore your lawful requirement of testifying when you're subpoenaed, you will go to jail. Um, that's a, an important I'm so message. glad to hear that. You know, uh, one of the most frustrating things and most disheartening things about the last four years is not just what happened, though that certainly that you know, kept you awake at night. Um, it's that there didn't seem to be any consequences yeah. for anyone flouting the, the rule of law, or the or the the equal powers of of the the separate parts of our government how long what's the timeline on this how long before you might be able to talk to mr bannon well we're going to pursue the uh, the vote tomorrow night uh, that'll go to the full house the house mm -hmm. will vote to hold him criminal contempt uh, and then the speaker sends it to the justice department uh, and we will expect them to act quickly um, now i you know just to your broader point though about why people got the sense that uh, they could ignore the law and with impunity. Um, they did that for four years. And, and even now, I have to say, and, and this is, I think, a, um, a difference between where I am and where the Justice Department is, I think you have to investigate all of the president's former, the former president's crimes. I don't think you can ignore them. Um, and and I, say that, I say that because uh, if anyone in this audience had called the Secretary of State of Georgia and said, I want you to find 11,780 votes that don't exist uh, and suggested that they might be prosecuted if they didn't, you would go to jail. Uh, and and I, I think that I think you can't have a situation where you can't uh, prosecute a sitting president. Uh, and when they leave office, you can't prosecute a former president. President. president really does become above the law. And to me, that is just dangerous. Well, let me remind you guys something. Do you guys remember when other people didn't want to show up for a subpoena at the House? I don't know, around 2018, you know, where people were subpoenaed and nobody came. Do you guys remember that? There were actual discussions about that, um, that someone didn't come. I, we have to remember that. We must remember. And I just wanted to show you that only because it's important. And sometimes things happen because they have to, because they must, because we must. You got to remember there were people that didn't come to the house when they were subpoenaed. 
remember that. So there we go. So I'm hoping that you remember all those people that said, fuck your subpoena. Now, as we speak about that, while many consider it a conspiracy theory, it's actually real. I've done it in the laboratory many, many times. The person was actually removed from a university who actually completed the first clone. Animals, but also human. So, for a very long time, we have always suspected that certain governments around the world may or may not be involved with human cloning. So first things first, what are we talking about here? We are talking about something that we have believed to be off the table as part of international restrictions. Come to find out that there is no real enforcement of such policies and in locations around the world we constantly hear of such experiments. We are constantly told that they want to genetically modify us. They want to mix us with technology. They want a cyborg race. A cloned race. Why? Because why not? They are controlled by a force that has been doing this since the inception of man. It is a force to be reckoned with, but not unstoppable. They just want our souls. You know, I have this strange feeling that one day soon, human cloning will become totally legal. Now, how would that be accomplished? Well, think about this. If for some strange reason a massive number of people were to become sterile and the population of children begin to dramatically decrease, how much do you want to bet that people would be all for cloning if it meant that people could continue to procreate? We have to save humanity by cloning the people while we still can. This is going to be the argument. Just like they were able to get all these people to take an experimental substance, they can easily convince those same people to clone humans. I have no confidence in those people anymore. Anyway, see, they already have the science down. They are just waiting for the public to accept the science. They have been telling us what they had worked on in the past. You think it's brand new? No. Whatever they show you that they say is a new breakthrough is a lie. It's not new. It's just for public consumption so you don't find out that they've already gone all the way. They've been doing this underground and on islands. Ever seen the movie The Island of Dr. Moreau? Well, that was fiction. The truth, of course, is much stranger. You have no idea what they have concocted with their experiment. How about a humanoid arthropod? Basically a lobster man. You think I'm joking? Keep thinking that. That's exactly the type of thing to make someone roll their eyes and say, Oh God, you believe they're making lobster men, Woodward? Really? Well, let me just lay it out for you like this. Ever hear of stories about insectoid aliens? I'm sure many of you have seen drawings of these creatures some look like a mantis some look like like lobster or crab people 
a humanoid arthropod. You take the genetics of a human and an insect, and with that, you can create a body. Just an empty vessel, just a pile of flesh, really. Then, it can be brought to life by having it be possessed by something that does not have a body. Did you know they can take human blood and human tissue and make eggs out of them? We? Oui? What? Yes. Scientists create immature human eggs from stem cells. And there are other articles on this story. Just look at that evil. Scientists say they have taken a potentially important and possibly controversial step toward creating human eggs in a lab dish. A team of Japanese scientists turned human blood cells into stem cells, which they then transformed into very immature human eggs. The eggs are far too immature to be fertilized or make a baby, and much more research would be needed to create the eggs that could be useful and safe for human reproduction. Well, this article was written a few years ago. How far have they come now? And you see, they always try to downplay what they're doing. It's just an immature egg. It's not a whole egg. It's just a cell. It's not a whole human. It's just an organ. It's not a whole human. What's the big deal? But the work reported Thursday in the journal Science is seen by other scientists as an important development. For the first time, scientists have been able to convincingly demonstrate that we are able to make eggs very immature eggs, says Amanda Clark, a developmental biologist at UCLA who wasn't involved in the research. Oh, they weren't involved in the research? I, I guess they're safe now. The technique might someday help millions of people suffering from infertility because of cancer treatments or other reasons, Clark says. You, you see, I told you. I told you they already know what to say. So... What do you think, guys? You think there are clones among us? I mean, you hear it all the time about celebrities and politicians. All the time. Constantly. Yeah, it's considered entertainment, along with those same people being reptilians and shapeshifters. That would make them reptilian, shapeshifting clones. You know, they make it a point to tell you guys that this has never been achieved and any claims that it has been achieved are probably false. See, they think you're stupid. They want you to think that such experimentation would only exist in the government sector, and only the government has the resources and authority to do so. When we know very well that private companies outperform the government constantly, that's why they are always trying to take over an already established company. First clone baby born on 26th December. This was in December 27th, 2002. So this got into the news quick. So this is crazy. Let me tell you. Even if people go around saying that they have achieved human cloning, the government says that you shouldn't believe them. It's just a hoax, even though they at the same time say human cloning is possible. So have this make sense. The world's first clone baby was born on 26th of December, 
claims the Bahamas-based cloning company, CloneAid, but there has been no independent confirmation of the claim. The girl, named Eve by the cloning team, was said to have been born by cesarean section at 11.55 Eastern. The birth at the undisclosed location went very well, said Bridget Boisler, president of CloneAid. The company was formed in 1997 by the Raelian cult, which believes people are clones of aliens. The baby is very healthy. She is doing fine. Boisler told a press conference in Hollywood, Florida on Friday, the seven-pound baby is a clone of a 31-year-old American woman whose partner is infertile, she said. Proving that the baby is a clone of another person would be possible by showing that their DNA is identical. Genetic tests on the baby and mother will now be carried out and the results will be available in eight or nine days, Boisler said. It doesn't really matter because most people on the planet, their genetic code is almost identical. So she told reporters, you can still go back to your office and treat me as a fraud. You have one week to do that. Boiselier added that Michael Julian, science editor at ABC News and a former Harvard University mathematician, will carry out the genetic test. So let's check out this company. Here we are. CloneAid, pioneers in human cloning. Welcome to our website. Please feel free to browse our site and learn more about what we are about. Sure. Services. CloneAid is the world's leading provider of reproductive human cloning services. E, the first cloned baby, was born December 26, 2002, thanks to our team of highly skilled scientists. Since then, we've been able to help a number of patients have their own children through our cloning technology. CloneAid can help you if you're sterile and have lost hope of having the child you dream of. If you're homosexual and deeply desire a child who would carry your own genes. If you just lost or are about to lose a beloved family member and would like to see an identical twin of that person begin a new life. If you're HIV positive and want to have a child that would be your genetic twin without infecting either the baby or your partner with the virus. If you simply want to be cloned, whatever your reasons may be. Well, there you have it. Here's an overview of the process steps. Contact form. Representatives contact you to discuss the situation and goals. Medical team will evaluate your case. Center over the next several weeks, the donor cells will be optimized for making the transfer. We then retrieve eggs from either the patient or an egg donor. After several days, the clone embryo will be implanted in the patient's womb or that of the surrogate mother. The patient or surrogate mother will carry the fetus to term during normal nine-month pregnancy. The baby, a genetic twin or clone of the cell donor, will be delivered in a new human life. That of the desired child will begin. Okay. Let's look at the history. The first human cloning company in the world was founded in February 1997 by Rail and a group of investors who created the Valiant Venture 
Ltd. Corporation based in the Bahamas. The first couple of years, Clone Aid has already received enormous media coverage. However, due to the pressure mounted on the Bahamas government by French journalists, Valiant Venture Ltd. was canceled as government representatives were thinking the laboratories would be established on the Bahamas Island. Meanwhile, the list of serious potential customers had grown to more than 250 people. I don't doubt that. Therefore, during the year 2000, Rail decided to hand over the Clonade project to Dr. Bridget Boisler, a Raelian bishop, in order for her to start working on actually cloning the first human being with a team of well-trained scientists. Dr. Boisler has Ph.D. degrees in physical and biomolecular chemistry. In her last job, she was marketing director for a large chemical company in France. In the summer of 2000, an American couple that wanted to help develop the technology in order for them to have a baby contacted Dr. Boisler. They were the first major investors funding the equipment and the laboratory needed, and Clonade's first human cloning laboratory was set up in early 2001. In the summer of 2001, following several visits from U.S. government representatives in our facilities, Clonade decided to pursue its human cloning project in another country where human cloning is legal. Wow. And I guess the uh, technology they're using is uh, embryonic cell fusion, the new RMX 2010. Okay. The, I guess this is technology you can go research. They have a facts section, which is not very large. Basically answers the question, who is this for? I guess it's for anyone willing to participate, really. Anyone with the money to dump into such a thing that can guarantee that they are going to have privacy in that type of matter. And you have some contact information. And that's about it is kind of what I would expect, something not that commercial. And... uh all I have to say is, wow, this is just one company of out of how many that exist, some of which are probably so private. All right. So let me explain something. <clears throat> Most of the stuff he said is true. The Clonade stuff failed um, and Clonade has evolved into another company. It was never remained Clonade. You want to see the first human cloning? When was the last time you saw Connie Chung on TV? Yeah, that was a long time ago. This is from 1999. Correspondent Michael Gillen just introduced us to Kathy and Bill, who want, want to make history by having a baby through the process of human cloning. You also saw the man who is pioneering this effort and has weathered a firestorm of criticism for doing so. He is Panos Zavos, Scientific Director and Chief Embryologist of the Kentucky Center for Reproductive Medicine. Thank you, sir, for being with us. We so appreciate it. It's my pleasure. And, Michael, I'll get to you in a minute. But first, Dr. Zavos, um, I'll try to explain in the simplest way, so I hope that the viewers can understand. In normal in vitro fertilization, take an egg from the woman, a sperm from the man, put it in a dish, yes. and it unites to create an embryo, which you then put in the woman. Yes. Now, this cloning process, you take an egg from the woman mm -hmm. and you change the DNA. You remove the DNA. And put new DNA in. The new DNA, which comes from the donor. From the donor. And that's all you do. All it you becomes do. an embryo. No sperm. 
No sperm involved. And, no and sperm involved. <laughs> now, most people would say, I think, that's not natural. That's so this was my professor. This was my teacher. This was my inspiration. This guy taught me the technique, how you can strip a cell with its DNA. Obviously, there's a little remnant in there, but you create a vector. And this is how you create a clone. Insert the DNA. It's a quite, it's a complicated, no, I wouldn't say it's complicated. It's a simple procedure with very um, intricate guidelines to be able to be successful. So this is from 1999. So you see how real information gets tied into misinformation and is propelled because, you know, he was a professor at the University of Kentucky. Uh, he can get anybody pregnant, anybody. Um, and I, there's more to it. So again, half truths are very, very dangerous. Um, you do not fertilize the egg. You have it spontaneously recreate. It's a, it's an easy procedure, but it was something that he created that was fantastic. It's weird. And that's why I think critics say to you, you're going to create a freak. Not true, of course. And, uh, you know, they, they used to say the same thing about in vitro when we decided to do in vitro 25 years ago, that creating a baby in a petri dish or in a test tube Yes, it's unheard of. Mm -hmm. And of course, they were saying exactly the same things, the same arguments to Bob Edwards, the gentleman that developed the technology in 1978 when Louis Brown was born, that he was going to create freaks. Yes. He was going to create people that don't belong in this world. But how do you know that that egg with the changed DNA is going to grow into a normal human being? You don't know that. Well, the results of various experiments that we have executed, plus the good results, and I must indicate here the good results from, from many other studies that have been done with success rates up to 100% of normal offspring born in animal models. Animals. Okay? Only animals. Only animals. Not human beings. That's correct. Indicate that uh, this particular procedure can work in the human with less difficulties than we see in human in animals. Mm. And the reason for that, obviously, is that we in the, in the, in the, in the human arena, mm -hmm. we've been doing human IVF, that's manipulating the sperm and the eggs and the dishes and the petri dishes yes. and the test loops yes. for almost 25 years. But a lot of mistakes were made with animals, right? Yes. Isn't the success rate something like 1%? 1% when, uh, when, when Dolly was produced. Right. But today, Dolly the sheep. Right. But today, there are studies that they, they show successes of 30 and 80 percent of, of birth from embryo transfer. Uh, still animals, right? Yes, still animals. Okay, Let, let's stop that for a minute and go over to Michael. I think the big curiosity for everyone is will this little girl that Kathy hopefully will have, will she look exactly like Kathy? Well, it's an interesting question, nearly so, about 99% so. The reason she won't be identical identical is because <clears throat> there is a little bit of DNA left over in the egg that is taken from the younger woman. Because Kathy doesn't have uh, good eggs, so they're going to take a, a donor egg. Correct, because Kathy's eggs okay, are old. And that donor egg's DNA is going to be taken out. And Kathy's DNA is going to be put in. Correct. And even though you have removed the nucleus from the donor woman's egg, nevertheless, there is a little residual DNA we call mitochondrial DNA that is left over in the outer portions of the egg. So even though you've removed the nucleus, that 
mitochondrial right. DNA uh, remains, uh -huh. and it will contribute about one percent of the total DNA. So it'll be From Kathy's the DNA. Correct. So it'll be Kathy's DNA, which is 99 percent mm -hmm. of the total, and then one percent from the donor mother. How Another about, variation. Well, let me ask you yeah. this: How about personality, um, sense of humor, uh, the same liking the same kinds of food? That's a sixty-four thousand dollar question. Although it, it's very interesting, uh, uh, I covered the story of the Texas A&M scientist who recently cloned a cat, which is a, a fairly complex animal. Mm -hmm. And before that, they cloned a bull, a Brahma bull. And one of the things they have noticed with a Brahma bull clone is that he has very much the same mannerisms as the old original bull. So, it, but no one can tell you. I mean, no one can tell you how much of personality is encoded in the genes. Yeah. That's, that's the $64 million question, among other things. Why are you doing this? Because 85% of Americans, you know, according to surveys, don't think it should be done. Well, obviously they don't. And, and, and some of the research that has been done and some of the understandings that we have is that some of those people are against it because of fear of the unknown. And I think that by people knowing about this, you know, what the, the complexities may be and the benefits may be, I think more people will accept it. The same ratio of, of uh, opposition took place back when the IVF business began. I don't know. You said that before. And I understand that. It's just that I think with IVF, wasn't there experimentation for this? Very Your little. team uh, very oh little experimentation. Well, your team, has your team actually experimented with human eggs? Uh, well, we, we work with human eggs every day. Right, but you haven't but done cloning with no, human eggs. No, And of course, we don't believe in experimenting with human uh, eggs or embryos until we're ready to execute the real thing because we're simply, we are opposed to experimenting with human embryos for the idea of creating human embryos and killing them. Well, would you allow me to be devil's advocate and say, um, well, then aren't Kathy and Bill going to end up being guinea pigs? Well, you can say that. I think that uh, when a new technology is, is pioneered and is developed, uh, you can say that the, the, the people that receive this treatment first are obviously guinea pigs to a certain degree. Mm. But, uh, you know, that's one way of looking at it. I don't think that they do feel that way, and we don't feel like that any of those people are guinea pigs. They're just really people that are going to go first, and then during the first team we have six or seven couples, then as soon as we complete this team, we're going to go on to the next team, which may be seven to ten couples. So somebody's got to go first. Mm -hmm. But we feel like that the level of confidence of accomplishing this particular puzzle here is very good. And our team feels very good about coming up with healthy children born from such effort. All right. You say that you're going to check for abnormalities, yeah. right? Yes. But as I understand it, Kathy and Bill will, um, after they've taken care of what they need to do, which is provide the DNA, Kathy's DNA, they'll fly, fly back to the United States and just wait. And it's the surrogate who has the baby in her. And even though, I mean, nobody will necessarily know that she's got a cloned baby in her stomach, but doesn't she have to have this special uh, medical care to make sure that she doesn't have an abnormality? Oh, absolutely. We do have the experts, maternal fetal medicine experts that would monitor those, those pregnancies from day one of conception mm -hmm. until the birth of, of that child. And we intend to study the behavior of those fetuses, the growth, the measurements, the deficiencies, the acids, the whatever, and then, of course, learn from those procedures as such. Now, this is something that the animal cloners have never even dreamed of doing. Mm. And this is really why it gives us a tremendous advantage over the animal cloners is that in the animal business of reproduction. Yes. We only do it right. We cannot afford to do it wrong.
Michael Gillen and Panos Zavos, thank you so much. And still ahead, we'll hear from a critic of Dr. Zavos's procedure and methods. Before we go to the break, we are sure that you have questions about cloning. To have a baby, email us at Tonight at CNN.com. Where'd Connie Chung go, right? Great reporting, great questions, you know, great CAA asset. But, you know, they've actually done this already. This is 1999. It's been done. It's been done. Been done. And I say this so many times. If you heard, they explain that even if you take the DNA out, there's remnants. Kind of like when they're giving you gene therapy in a vaccine, in a porcine cell, or a monkey cell, or... Henrietta Lacks cell, or aborted baby cell, or, or, or that has a remnant of that DNA. So it's quite important for you to understand that also. I've explained to you how Jeffrey Epstein had been funding, not Dr. Zavos, I can attest to that, but specific research for AI that was using such technology. And if you think that they have not tried with all these missing persons or children or whatever, especially females trafficking, I've told you the majority of the people trafficked are for what? Experiments. Very small percentage compared to that that's being used is for sustenance and sexual pleasure and slavery and spare parts. The majority are used for experiments. Here is a later interview where um, they've already cloned the first human and they're discussing these things. Take a listen. Other scientists, Dr. Zavos, had also read about Lorraine Young's findings. We're going to begin doing human reproductive cloning as early as probably 30 to 60 days from now. Well, I do see that as a problem, and unless you get For him, a problem found was as good as a problem solved. Horizon has tracked down a document in which Zavos claims he can actually make cloning safer by screening cloned embryos for the sort of errors Dr. Young found, and only using ones that look normal. Frankly, I think the claims are ludicrous and absolutely irresponsible and find there's absolutely no scientific basis for them. It's poorly referenced and there's no real explanation of how we will do things. It just demonstrates a complete lack of scientific understanding, in my opinion. As someone that is very ethical, I might say, and moral, having worked and studied this, he actually does have a method of finding the errors that they've discovered, which is impeccable. Um, uh, his methodology and his process is impeccable. There are a lot of people around the world that when they clone themselves, it's not being used to create clones, but to actually create a baby with their DNA. So basically, the wife can have a baby, the husband can't. So they take the wife's cell and then they put in the DNA of the husband. So that way they can create a baby. 
And this technology is going to be used a lot, but it will be weaponized in a in a future that should not be occurring, which is the one that you are stopping. Uh, again, he's using it for the reasons of fertility, not to commercialize it. Um, he's a proponent for fertility and um, he has standards. He has ethics. And this is why he and his partner also broke up. One wanted commercial. He was like, no, nah, man, um, we should stick to reproductive issues. Dr. Zavos couldn't be interviewed by Horizon because he's tied into a broadcasting contract elsewhere. But he claims that if the embryo has normal looking methyl molecules on its growth genes, he will assume it's healthy. He and Dr. Antonori believe that tests like these will prevent many abnormalities. We will check the complete procedure to monitoring to avoid 90-90% the abnormality. But Dr. Young believes that the problem doesn't just affect the genes she's looked at, it could affect any gene. There could easily still be problems in a whole range of other genes. He's going to be missing absolutely thousands of other problems. I mean, he's going to be missing everything. In the last few months, Dr. Young's research has been backed up by other studies. Around the world, scientists have published the first results, showing that cloning sometimes causes vital methyl molecules to go awry on many genes. These results have led some scientists to a radical and devastating conclusion that cloning can cause random errors in the switching of any one of 30,000 genes. The clone may develop normally until some key gene, like a time bomb, causes disaster. And they believe human cloning would be just as risky. The most likely outcome would include um, late abortions, the birth of dead children, and perhaps worst of all, the birth of children which survived but which were abnormal. And the risks don't end when we're born. Because as our bodies change at key stages in our lives, we're dependent on genes switching on and off at the right time. Gene switching. Where have you heard that? Oh, that's right. With gene therapy, kind of like the stuff they're giving in the vaccine. I just wanted to clarify that. That was just a running thought. Things can go wrong at any time. There are some genes which, for example, are necessary to make a child go through adolescence and not really important before then. So if you have an abnormality in that gene, the child might not become a, a, a normal adolescent. And you could see failures at, at any time of development. That, I think, is what we should anticipate if anybody clones a person with our present techniques. But there are other scientists who believe the case against cloning is hugely exaggerated and that these early problems will be quickly overcome. To take those very early experiments, which look at only a handful of genes, and try to make some grand statement that cloning will never be feasible in humans, or that it will be a very hard process, or to make any assumption of that sort, is unwarranted given the very preliminary nature of these studies. the risks. Hello, Dolly. 
he ridicules recent claims that Dolly herself may have something wrong with her brain. Now, Dolly was doing okay until recently when we broke the news and I was shocked. Dolly does have an IQ problem. For crying out loud, after four or five years old, Dolly is, is stupid. Now, for the life of me, neither Oxford or any other institution has developed an IQ test for sheep. Let's get serious, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot do that. Of course, I, I know about sheep because I was a sheep herder during my early life. And I can tell you that I haven't met a sheep that is, has got an IQ above minus 10. <laughs> and scare tactics are one thing. The facts of life are another. And we need to stick with the facts. What is a clone? Mother Nature has its way of doing cloning that is via identical twinning. The embryo splits and gives rise to two lovely children. A lady called me Dr. Zavos is right. Nature already creates thousands of completely normal clones every year. But recent research has revealed some remarkable cases of twins who are changing scientists' view of what will happen if humans are cloned. Ricky and Erica are twins. It's always special for every father to be in the delivery room for the first time. It was exciting, very exciting. She wanted a girl and I wanted a boy and uh, we were happy, you know, like... Very excited. We had what we wanted and mm -hmm. we had the millionaire's family without the million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> because they were different sexes, Everybody thought that the babies were non-identical, or fraternal twins, conceived when two separate eggs were fertilized by two separate sperm. They would be as alike, or unalike, as any brother and sister. This seemed to be confirmed when Ricky was born healthy, but Erica was not. She had some worrying symptoms. Suspecting a rare genetic illness, Scientists did full genetic fingerprinting tests on both twins, and what they discovered was astonishing. They're identical twins. Sure. <laughs> I guess they are identical <laughs> twins, but they're... But they're boy and girl. But they're a boy and girl. So, like, you know, the, the, what, what are the odds of uh, having an identical twin, boy and a girl? One in uh, 10 million? I don't know. You have to be a scientist to understand it. <laughs> With Ricky and Erica, nature's intended clones had turned out to be very different. So what went wrong? The genetic tests revealed that the reason lay in their chromosomes. Ricky and Erica started off as a single fertilized egg with an X and Y chromosome. With an X and Y, this embryo should have become a boy. But as the first cells divided, one cell lost its Y chromosome. So some cells began to form which only had an X, 
Then, the embryo split. One half had mostly XY cells. This became Ricky. The other half had only cells with just one X. This survived to become a baby girl, Erica. But it takes two X chromosomes to make a normal girl, so Erica is different. Girls with a missing X have a disease called Turner's syndrome. The twins are celebrating their 11th birthday, but Erica is fortunate to have reached this age. She has had to have heart surgery and have her ovaries removed. And as both twins approach adolescence, the future looks uncertain. This weekend, she's uh, 11 years old, and it's creeping up on me, and I think about it every day, the day after. You know, explain to her that she's not like every, every other little girl. And uh, when it comes to having a child, she'll have to know that she uh, can't do it like everyone else has. Some scientists argue that if making clones naturally can result in unfortunate genetic diseases, then man-made clones will be at much greater risk. So clones are a real thing, right? Nature makes them, right? Nature creates clones. Um, and like I said, uh, I've expressed how this um, procedure is done. You um, strip the ovary that you're going to be the egg that you're going to be using, whatever animal it is. At first, his testing started up bovine eggs. So he was using cow eggs and inserting human DNA and then stopping it. And then he stopped doing that um, because he was sanctioned for it. Very well so, too, to have beef DNA in a human um, cell. Um, and he would cease it once it started to split. And um, when I saw the process ethically, he said, once it starts to split the first time, before it becomes a blastosphere, right? A blastocell, like a complete, um, he would terminate it when he was checking to see how things are done. And so the process was quite fascinating. Because to me, when I was um, seeing the process and studying somatic nuclear transfer cells, um, I realized that um, the clone cells are actually prisons. I'd now hear me out on this. They're encased in something else that it was never intended to be theirs, which I wanted to get more research through. That's why then I went to Craig Ventner's laboratory to find out how he was eliminating genetics in order to create a, uh, a new life form. And following that, because the only way you can understand what they're doing and in order to fight it is to see how they are doing it, right? It's not, what have I always said? 
for example, and we've talked about this, if um, James Bond was caught and they knew, oh, James Bond's like spying on me. Well, that's it. It's done. You've revealed the mystery that it's him. It's all about methods. Methods always lead you to the source. And in order to find out where that source is, you have to have the methods in order to find the companies like the Pasteur, you know, the Pasteur Labs is one, <laughs> NIH, NHS, the WHO, Ted Rose knows very, very well. So I want to make it clear that Dr. Zavos was actually ousted from the community because he was exposing methods. He was exposing methods. That's a big deal. See, why wouldn't they embrace someone who perfected the ability to clone human DNA, but instead ostracize them? You have to ask yourself that question. Why is it that he was ostracized when that is what they wanted. This is a mystery, one might say, one that I solved in 2011. But the question is, why? So when you hear of cloning, you have to understand, why is it that they're doing this? I can tell you where Dr. Zavo says he's helping infertile people in India right now. Did you know that India is being plagued with infer infertility ever since they upped their vaccine regimen according to the WHO? See, there's always mitigation to the crimes that they've created. Mitigation. How many of you know someone that has undergone IVF? Bet you, you know, at least one. Ten years ago, you probably knew none. And in the future, you will know of a few. IVF is like nothing anymore. Everyone creates, you know, babies and test tubes. Everybody and their mother right now is getting IVF. Why the issues with fertility? Why is it that they require IVF? That's a question you should ask yourself. Why are people getting IVF? It's a real question. We had the boomers that had a ton of babies. That's why they called them boomers. But then what happened? Oh, that's right. We had a swine flu in 76, right? Then we had a barrage of other things coming in. And now we're having a problem with infertility. Sounds like this has been a long-term 50-plus year plan. If you ask me, couple that with manufactured foods, shit in your water, chemicals in the air you breathe. I mean, are you still questioning as to how it happened? That's the thing. So I will see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. I'm going to head off and go and enjoy our new addition to the family, Nick's. God bless everyone. On a dark desert highway Cool wind in my hair Warm smell of colita
rising up through the air. Up ahead in the distance, I saw a shimmering light. My head grew heavy and my sight grew dim. I had to stop for the night. There she stood in the doorway. I heard the mission bell. I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven or this could be hell. Then she lit up the candle, showed me the way. There were voices down the corridor. Heard them say. Welcome to the hotel, California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely face.